Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, I'm Curious City reporter Monica Eng. Like a lot of other cities around the world, Chicago's recently been replacing its old streetlights with more energy-efficient LEDs. They use a lot less wattage than traditional lights, so LEDs can save the city millions on electrical bills. Plus, politicians like Mayor Rahm Emanuel and 11th Ward Alderman Patrick Thompson think their brightness will help reduce crime. This saves time, saves money, saves energy, and achieves our safety goals for every neighborhood in the city of Chicago. The new LED lights play an important role in our public safety. The crisp lighting of these LEDs create a better visibility at nighttime, creating a safer, pedestrian-friendly environment. But not everyone's so gung-ho. Activists say the LEDs Chicago's installed have way too much blue light. They say this blue light spectrum, which actually looks white, can cause all sorts of problems for health, the environment, and even stargazing. So activists want the city to stop installing the bright blue 3,000 Kelvin lights they bought last year. Instead, they want them swapped out for something like a 2,200 Kelvin light. That looks a lot like those orangey lights Chicago's had for decades. Plus, they want shields on the sides to keep light from leaking into people's bedrooms. But activists say the city hasn't really responded to their concerns. And that's what led J.J. Nauchi to Curious City. J.J.'s a sixth grader at Ida B. Wells Elementary School in Bronzeville, and he is crazy about astronomy. Well, I love astronomy because of the stars, most of all. And the LEDs they're putting in in our city, Chicago, is actually just blocking the stars so that no one can see it. But his concerns go well beyond stargazing. They include things like melatonin suppression and problems with animal migration. As you can probably tell, J.J.'s a pretty precocious kid. So last year, he just picked up the phone and started calling Mayor Emanuel about the lights. But he couldn't get through the first dozen times. Well, the mayor couldn't answer because he was busy. Busy doing what? <laughs> but his assistant said, oh, the mayor's not here. Call back another day. So I did and finally got through. Then we talked for, I don't know, like 15 minutes. What did you say? Well, I told him about light pollution, what it is, because he didn't know what light pollution was. He has the power to minimize light pollution in the city of Chicago. And then he said he will consider it. But J.J. hasn't heard back since. So he turned to Curious City with all his questions and concerns about LEDs. He's got five to be exact. They include the LED's impact on stargazing, harm to wildlife, hurting people's vision with glare, actually increasing crime, and general harm to human health. So we wanted to fact check to see if JJ's concerns are supported by the latest science. And then to answer JJ's question to the mayor, is the city planning to do anything about his concerns? Like get different kinds of lights? I talked to a whole bunch of scientists and the Chicago Department of Transportation, which is overseeing the replacement, and I found out something really cool that J.J. might not know. Then I invited him down to the studio to tell him all about it. Hey, J.J., welcome. Hello, Monica. So, J.J., I'm going to take your concerns one at a time. And the first one is about astronomy. 
Well, you're actually right. This light pollution is a big problem for stargazing. And we talked to scientist Fabio Falchi, and here's what he said. 80% of North Americans, for example, cannot see any more the Milky Way from where they live. So we lost uh, the connection with the stars. And this is a, a huge uh, um, loss in culture. And uh, these uh, are the first generation without uh, the possibility to see the Milky Way and the stars. I agree so much with Fabio because say you have a friend in China and then but you guys can't really talk over the phone or meet each other. Well, one thing that connects you two is that you guys are seeing the exact same stars and it connects culture and different types of heritage. And putting in these new lights is actually taking away what could inspire future generations such as myself. Then I talked to one more scientist on this, Martin Obey, a physicist in Quebec, and he knows Chicago's light pollution well. He says the 3,000 Kelvin lights the city's putting in now could actually reduce our light pollution slightly. But he estimates that the 2,200 Kelvin ones, the ones you want, they could improve it by as much as 50%. So he thinks that going with the 2,200 is a no-brainer. Yes, that's true. That's really true. JJ, another one of your concerns was about wildlife and how these lights might affect them. Can you talk about some of that? Well, nocturnal animals sleep during the day and are active at night, but light pollution radically alters their nighttime environment, turning nighttime into daytime. That actually makes the nocturnal animals kind of confused and also affects migration patterns. You're right about that. I talked to a bunch of scientists about salmon, spiders, birds, and all sorts of animals. And pretty much every scientist I talked to recommended keeping blue light levels as low as possible. Thomas Davies, who researches global ecology at Bangor University in Wales, he suggests keeping them dim or even turning them off in places where it's possible. Nighttime switch-offs, or what we call in the UK part-night lighting, seems to be very beneficial for um, a lot of unwanted ecological effects, and I would certainly recommend anybody trying that out. I have the same feeling because... Some of the streetlights around my neighborhood are on continuously. I think they never turn off. So, JJ, you're young. Your 40s are a long way off. But they say that when you reach about 40, you start to develop a condition that could make blue light and short wavelength lights very glary. They could make things look foggy and hazy when you look into these types of lights. It happens to me. When me and my mom and my family are just driving in the car and when it's nighttime, I see spikes coming out of um, lights. That's really hurts my eyes and especially the ones that are white lights. Yep, that's from the glare they make. And even some scientists who really like LEDs agree it's a problem. One of them I talked to was Mariana Figuero, a light researcher at Rensselaer Polytechnic. Here's what she had to say. You know, that's one of the things about the LEDs that I see problems with. Um, They're awfully glary. If you look at it, it looks awfully bright, and it's very uncomfortable. Um, So I think that is actually one of the main problems with the LED. So I think shielding is important. Yeah, glare is an issue that pretty much everybody agrees with. Yes. So, JJ, another thing you said you were concerned about was crime. And actually, here is an alderman in Chicago talking about what his prediction is for crime rates when the lights get brighter. Once the smart system is up and running, um, the city will be able to calibrate and working with the police department on the brightness of the lights. So in areas that uh, maybe are hot spot areas for the crime, working with the commander, 
we can increase the wattage. A higher wattage will reduce crime. I don't know if you know how that sounds, but no, that's cocky back. Okay. <laughs> well, most researchers actually agree with you. Most studies show crime either staying the same or rising when brighter lights are introduced, like this 1998 study by the Illinois Criminal Justice Information Authority. It looked at Chicago alleys that got brighter bulbs, and crime in all categories went up. Why? Well, no one's quite sure. But researchers think maybe thieves can more easily spot valuables in a car when the lights are so bright. But... One big exception in the literature is this recent study from New York. Here, some nighttime crime did go down when brighter lights were installed. But generally, the science on this says brighter lights don't squash crime. Still, I think you were concerned about something called light trespassing. Tell me about that. Light trespassing is when lights have one job to stay on the streets, but they enter into people's bedrooms and shuts off their melatonin levels and is linked to aggression and depression. One thing happened in my school where one kid got into a fight with another kid, but he was telling us how it was because he didn't get a good night's sleep last night. He went to bed at approximately 11 o'clock. When people my age, 9 to 13, are supposed to have 10 to 11 hours of sleep. Good point. And that brings us to your last concern that these lights could cause health problems because blue light can cause melatonin suppression. And melatonin helps regulate our sleep. I don't know if you know this, but melatonin is something that helps kill cancer cells. Right. It does help your body fight cancer. And there have been a whole bunch of correlative studies, not causative, that show links between blue light and health issues like cancer, depression, and diabetes. Two recent ones came from Harvard and a university in Spain. And they showed that when bright outdoor lights, and even specifically in one case LED lights, come into a community, you do see higher levels of breast and prostate cancer. I talked to a bunch of scientists on this, and they say that it's hard to say how much nighttime blue light exposure is coming from the outdoors and stuff like computers and phones and tablets. But Tulane oncology professor David Blask said these recent studies are definitely worth considering. But blue light is so great in the morning. It's so great. Right. Our bodies have grown to expect blue light during the day. I mean, that's just how we developed over millennia, but not at night. So, JJ, when you wrote in, you wanted to know if the city was going to take these concerns seriously and maybe get lower Kelvin lights. Well, we have some tentative good news. I recently learned that the city's reached out to a company in Canada, and it makes these 2200 Kelvin lights that are fully shielded and shaped to reduce light pollution. I talked to the company's CEO, David Mitchell, and he says he even came to Chicago to look at places where you can make some of the fixtures here. In this case, we can hit the ground running and hopefully uh, start making some uh, some fixtures here if it all fits in, in the timelines. So how do you feel about that? It makes me feel very hopeful that probably if the mayor comes to his senses, he would accept it and try to put in those lights. I think we are on the verge of stopping light pollution. So we could, the only thing we can do right now is cross our fingers. Reporting on the story comes from me, Monica Eng. Additional reporting by Becky Vivi. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City... In East Chicago, the EPA cleaned up several homes and yards contaminated with lead. But one man isn't sure his backyard is really clean. 
all alongside here from that her patio thing all the way down. They dug up. So you mean to tell me this is contaminated and this isn't? Why some people in East Chicago, Indiana, find it hard to trust the government. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.